I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. Danielle Laporte is our guest today on the show. She is an author and a speaker, blogger, entrepreneur, you name it. And she's the real deal. Contrary to popular belief, I wouldn't call Danielle a self-help guru because she believes you have exactly what you need within you. And she uses equal parts tough love, comedy, wit, and compassion to pull it out of you. She's a no BS kind of gal, and that's why I like her. America spends $11 billion each year in pursuit of happiness on self-help books, and we see gurus and therapists and go to happiness conferences and read formulas. We're chasing, grasping, clinging, grinding, and we're tired. At one point in this conversation with Danielle, I was truly moved because, like many other people, I am no longer interested in living on that edge and that chasing and that grasping. And uh, Danielle just recently went through this revelation herself. She is one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100 leaders, and she just tells it like it is. That's why I love her. Also, a little bit of a fun fact, there was a time when Danielle went to a meeting at the White House and she had crystals in her bra. She no longer needs those crystals. But uh, here's Danielle. Most of you know that I'm a big Headspace fan. And if you're new to the show, just as some background, I started using the Headspace app about a year ago, and it's been the single best thing I've ever done for myself. Here's the thing, though. Sometimes meditation and mindfulness is not what we imagine. (laughs) Yes, there are days when I feel like I'm in a Zen situation, and other days I've been known to hit the SOS button. There's literally an SOS button on the Headspace app. So there have been times where I've removed myself from certain situations and gone somewhere to push this button. One time I even escaped my car. So this quick three-minute mind saver has kept me from falling down that rabbit hole in some way, or even saying things I didn't mean, maybe texting or emailing something to someone that I didn't mean. It's like taking a breath of fresh air, and it just allows me to reset. And as Jimmy Fallon, who uses the app, has even said, it's great. This British guy comes on, tells me it's going to be all right. In fact, the British guy, Andy, who's been on the podcast, comes on 
and says this when you hit the SOS button. Okay, so you've hit the SOS button. So there's a pretty good chance you're feeling pretty stressed right now. So to begin with, I'd just like you to find a place where you can sit down just for two or three minutes, completely undisturbed. So maybe you already meditate, maybe not, but you want to start. Regardless of the case, let's be real. Most of us don't have a Zen sanctuary with a fluffy pillow, mood lighting to retreat to when we're about to lose it. So now you can literally have an SOS button that you push. It's a three-minute pause thanks to Headspace. There hasn't been a time when I've hit that button and it hasn't made me feel better. Danielle, I am jazzed to have you on today. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Hello, everybody. Hello, world. So I have literally heard you say before that you live in a space of why not. So this conversation should be fun um, because why not now is, is in your DNA. So let's hop in. Can you share a time? <laughs> I was going to say that. Oh, <laughs> well, that's no fun. I, I've because totally... <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about this question since yesterday. I was like, "Oh, tomorrow's why not now?" Oh, what's my why not now? That's still my answer. I st- I haven't changed my my dharma, my way of doing it. I just feel like like I'll give you I'll I'll anchor this to present time. This week. I sent a voice memo. So I basically communicate with my team mostly through voice memos. And Do you text them to So them? some context, which I'm sure everybody will figure out as we talk. Like, you know, essentially I'm in the middle of a book campaign right now. So, you know, we're going to have this huge thrust of focus and energy and media and book shipping. And like, it's all hands on deck for the team. And we're super focused. Okay. And at the same time, like I just said, just this week, I sent a whole voice memo to the team about what are we doing until 2019? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Because why not now? And, and how I work creatively, like our back and forth is, I'm really committed to being seven steps ahead. And this took like a lot of thought and reckoning, but I'm committed to being seven steps ahead of the team in terms of what we want to make. That's my job as the creator and the mm-hmm. visionary. So I got an, I have to know what's next. Like, and of course I do know what's next after this book and then what happens in September and for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. But I want to know what I'm going to make when I'm going to make it and if we can launch it. So my whole question with a team is always, but why not now? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's basically me kind of saying, Come on, we can do that. Can't we do that? It's so easy. And I'm like, D, it's not that easy. So the answer is no, not now. And I'm just like, okay, well, can we do this? And that is how we get so much stuff done because I just keep dreaming and I keep proliferating and I keep pushing and asking. And then I have sane, reasonable, grown-up people who say, (laughs) that's crazy. And we can't launch two books in one year. (laughs) Why not? I'm always in that place of why not. And then they, and the why nots, the sanity that comes back to me is it wouldn't be healthy for the team. And I don't need to know anything more than that, really. They're like, that's crazy. That's too much to ask of everybody. I'm like, okay, there's no more discussion. And then there's some other like logical business things. Well, we should do this first. And then that, that'll kind of fan out into the next thing. So yeah, I would say I'm totally hooked on why not now. I love it. So, and, and that says a lot about the relationship you have with your team for them to be able to say, 
hold up and and be able to push back and and connect and and have that priority of are we all going to be able to to hang into this and and do it um but but you do a great deal of dreaming but you also do a great deal of doing and and so with this show and listeners are writing in from all over the world and and sharing their why not now stories and how they've learned from others that messy bridge between the two when you have an idea and concept and then you walk that bridge that's fairly short but it's green light execution at the other end and that interim is a really specific place you clearly are an expert why notter right so yes. so that yeah. that point between dream and do what would you have to say about that section, that phase, kind of tangible. This isn't necessarily inspiration on Instagram. This is, no, we really are taking something that's a big idea and putting it into action. Why not now? Yeah, you're going to make something big and real. That is your heart and your reputation, and you want to prosper off of it. Yeah. Um, I start really practically. So, well, once I have the inspiration and the idea has dawned on me, then the immediate question is when. And that's because of where I'm at professionally now. So it's like I now have a rhythm where we launch and then the next quarter we launch the next thing and then it's going to be the next, you know, so so there's like this, it come, things are on a conveyor belt now because I have a system in place and I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop making. I just want to keep making. And so here's the idea. When's the best time to launch it? And then we work backwards. And like I'm having conversations right now with, you know, I'm going to start publishing other people. So I'm having, this is how, this is how light as in like L-I-T-E and how intense it is. This weekend, I'm texting back and forth with someone who I'm just, I'm so jonesing to get his work out into the world. And I'm just like, listen, let's get really real about this. We all, we know it's going to be this digital e-course and it's going to have this mantra and this mudra and a meditation. I think this is the general theme. But if I just told you when we can launch it, are you in? <laughs> I <laughs> love how you reverse engineer that for them. Well, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, I'm like, okay, I'm going to let you know this week. I'm like, it's it's going to be in, you know, such and such month. So that means a year in advance, we're going to figure out what it is. But you're locked in. Let's go. And as soon as you commit to the dream and, you know, you have your birth date, mm-hmm. Wow. So like providence happens, you know, like people, the right people call and you stumble across someone who, oh, they just have that one nugget and the ideas start flowing. And I find like once I lock things into a due date, it really cools my nervous system down because I have so many ideas and I'm just like, great, that is now on the conveyor belt of awesome creativity. We can put that into a production calendar. I can think about the next idea. That is such a cool term, Danielle, birth date. Uh, and in interviewing individuals and hearing you know, this theme of if you want to take the island, you burn your boats or you don't give yourself an out and you set a mechanism, <laughs> right? You know where that's from. But this, this idea of a date is such a good way to you hold yourself accountable. And if you broadcast that date to anyone, meaning even your 
team or your partner or whoever, then it just feels even more real. So that is gold. I love that. Is that the birth date? So thank you for humoring me and talking through your why not now process because I know you're doing you're living and breathing. Why not now? It's kind of hard to dissect one. But I was thinking about as I was preparing to speak with you and I, w- I was starting to think through this analogy <laughs> and I have become kind of so fatigued by politics and the political news that I get a lot of it at night through late night TV, through humor, right? <laughs> and so they're able to update me. Let's say... Um, Stephen Colbert, for example, he knows a ton about politics and like him or not, he's fairly knowledgeable regardless of his skew. I can learn and I can laugh um, because I'm kind of over being exposed to that throughout the day. Well, with you, I find the tough love and the humor so refreshing (laughs) that I feel like you're that version in this self-help, self-care space, right? So you have this ability to have the no BS and really just get real about things. Um, and there's there's kind of a fluff detector that I feel like we're all starting to develop, hopefully more and more. And um, I just really appreciate your work and have, as I mentioned, been following you. I feel like I'm a vintage Danielle fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so as, as we talk about this, book that that you have coming out soon, White Hot Truth, and and this kind of world of um, so many things being thrown our way with self-help, self-care, your gurus, your, um, you know, meditation, your yoga classes, your therapists, whatever it may be, your healers. It kind of reminds me of in business, the whole analysis paralysis, right? There's just so much and we're inundated. How do you help people kind of audit their own situations? So, Maybe they need more, maybe they need less of something. Mm. But what are Mm. some of the first things you would ask them in terms of, this is where you start for you. Don't worry about everything else that everybody's saying. You have to listen to this. You have to read that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, first of all, I want to say I love the comparison to Stephen Colbert. So that is, for me, great flattery. Thank you. (laughs) That's good to hear because I know it could have gone either way, but I've done, I know enough about you to know that he's probably safe. (laughs) Huge Colbert fan, you know, and he's a, he's a deeply faithful man. He's a very, very interesting person. He Um, even brings confession into his show. I love the phrase, (laughs) audit your situation. (laughs) I'm a business girl. I'm constantly trying to bring business into this self-care world. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Okay. What you call auditing your situation, which I love, I would call doing a laundry list of your self-improvement. And we're actually just about to kick off this, what I'm calling this journal invitational around how to get to White Hot Truth. So it's really timely that you ask this because I just, we just figured out like what the first call to action is going to be. And it's, and it's this audit. So go through your life and look at everything you're doing to heal yourself, to be a better person, and or to feel um, more connected to like however you identify the source, spirit, higher power, life, you know? And there's probably going to be coaching on there and therapy. You can even put some business stuff on there. Like, you know, you're looking for a higher-minded 
bookkeeper. There's going to be supplements. There's going to be workshops. And there's a, there's going to be this part of the list will be things like new things you're trying on, like new ways of communicating with your partner <laughs> or a new prayer. I laugh because so, so many of us are just like, I need one more self-help book so I can be better at having a relationship. And then there'll be meditations or prayers or whatever. And then look at what is expanding you. Yeah, that's that's the word I want to use. So like, where do you feel like more spacious? And it doesn't mean that it's not hard work. It could still really be hard work, but it feels valuable. You're glad you're doing it. It's comforting you. You feel better after it's done. Like you're Value, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then what on the list? All right, I call that feels, ROI. <laughs> that's your ROI. <laughs> We've got our audit and our ROI. We're checking boxes, we should, Danielle. <laughs> we should do a little worksheet together. You take like my esoteric lingo and you could vet it through your business speak. I dig it. I totally dig it. That. You've got me. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to – I'll keep speaking in really high esoteric set and then you label everything for me. Okay. okay. Um. And then you're going to come up with the things that, like, they feel constricting. Um, You're a little bit cranky about them. You actually feel like this is kind of a waste of money. It's draining you. It's a pain in the ass. It's shrinking you. So what would you call that? Low ROI. Lower healthy tension. (laughs) Or, or, like, this is like you're in the red. (laughs) Yeah. You're draining resources. Like... Your margins are getting smaller, and it's just, yeah, you're spinning your wheels. You're spinning High turnover. Your wheels, so mm-hmm. You're going to have to, like, cut bait. So the next part of the exercise is obvious, like, what's got to go? You know, what projects do you need to kill? And what on the list is, like, really awesome, but it could be refined, you know, like in Jim Collins speak, good to great. Mm-hmm. It's, sure. it's happening, but, like, do you need to have just a particular kind of conversation with your therapist about how it could be better or your minister or whatever. And what's missing on the list? Like, you know, do you not have anything there about clean eating or you do want to work on your communication skills in terms of intimacy? You know, where do you, where do you need new expertise, new consultants? Yeah. I think that's the best place to start because Mm -hmm. that's where hopefully there's going to be some relief. And that's really, if if someone reads or listens to or White Hot Truth or just does the book club, you don't even need the book to do the book club. You just start answering these questions. And if the only thing you get out of it is the experience of relief, like I'm not a loser, I'm not unevolved, I'm not, this hasn't been for naught, you know, all the workshops, like I'm growing. If you just feel relieved, then I feel like, I've been useful. There's more than that. I mean, there's other things I want you to experience, but yeah, start with the inventory. That's great advice. I love that. And even the inventory, it's kind of, and then you reorg and thinking of all these, these business terms. But as I was um, listening to other things that that you've said in videos and stuff, my husband kind of overheard some stuff, a few things that, that you are known for saying and kind of like, I'm not your guru, right? Be your own guru. And he he's like, I love this lady. And he said, and he goes and <laughs> our dog Ruby, who is a seven-month-old Aussie shepherd oh, and uh, <laughs> needs a lot of attention at times and is a little needy. He starts telling Ruby <laughs> to be her own guru. <laughs> and it was just cracking me up. But it's there sometimes there's just an 
so much and it's like, okay, when is enough enough? And, and can we go inside instead of outside maybe for the answers and, and have more output instead of input or just kind of offense? And I feel like, um, you know, historically, and I'm really trying to work on this, but I've, and I'm not just going to say myself, but I'd say in general, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of um, people probably in the tech industry, we're masters of panic. We're kind of hus- <laughs> we're this hustling, um, <laughs> grasping, kind of always in defense, competitive edge, you know, are elbowing you people, know, panicky people. <laughs> you know what I would say? Masters of panic is great. I, I, I actually stole it. For that. Did you steal that? Shaquille O'Neal. He called one of his coaches master of panic a while back. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, I'm, it's a good one. It it's is a good, a good one. one. Um, I think we're addicted to adrenaline which is why we're masters of panic. And, and that clinging and grasping, and I realize how much of that I've had in my life, just always wanting to get ahead, always wanting to make things happen versus let them happen. And that is my number one goal right now is to really be more in touch with discerning between those two. And so what? how do you decide when to make things happen versus let them happen? Oh, I'm, I love this question. I'm so glad you asked this because this is what I'm living right now. Like I'm living and breathing this. I'll, this, is, this is my revelation in the last 24 hours. Sitting on my living room floor yesterday in front of my laptop, as usual, and you know I can feel like I'm a little bit... <clears throat> Congested. I have very sensitive lungs. I have to make sure my sinuses are good, my lungs are good, you know. And I can feel like a little something coming on. And I think, God, you know, I'm really tired of feeling like I'm always on the edge that I have to watch this. And I realized the next thought was, you're always on the edge because you're always working. This sounds normal and banal and basic maybe to most people listening. And of course I should know this. I'm a self-help author. Apparently I'm like quite luminous. It was, I don't know why I finally heard myself yesterday. It could be where the planets are at. It could be, it was a sunny day in Vancouver. It could be because I have so much going on, but I was just like, huh, (laughs) I finally heard what I knew. And being in the space of not overworking and just allowing is everything that I've known conceptually about being in the divine feminine. And I just, I think the, if I had to just sum up the revelation, like I am no longer interested in living on the edge. Mm -hmm. I am no longer interested in that panic, either the panic of getting it done or, or hitting the goal or you know, getting to, you know, your first hundred thousand on Facebook or your first million or whatever. I don't want that anymore. I don't want it because it comes at a cost. And the cost for me is very measurable. I can measure it in my body and in my lungs. I can measure it in how often I see my friends. The less panic I have, the more flow I'm in, the more time I get to spend with the people who I keep saying are the most important people in my life. And I just, I'm not interested anymore. Not interested anymore. So flow is a practice. I like what, you know, the new, the downfall of the new age, sometimes rhetoric around going with the flow (laughs) is that 
<clears throat> it's positioned, it's made to sound like it's so easy. Oh, just go with the flow. Actually, going with the flow, ironically, is a discipline. Trust makes you sweat. Trust is something you have to focus on. You have to keep returning to it. Um, so I am going to have the discipline of allowing now more than I've ever had. Not easy, but so worth it. Wow. I, I, (laughs) you can't see me. And so I have to tell you this, I have tears in my eyes. I mean, Mm. the fact that, that you said you're not interested in living on the edge and I can't tell you how long, (laughs) you know, I've been trying to grasp for that to really feel that, to truly not be interested. It's one thing to say it, but for you to, as you said, finally hear what you knew, you know, it's it's pretty powerful because there's so many people right now that just don't have even time to think because they're so chasing and and for what, you know? How does it how does it make you feel? Let me I'll give you a really practical example is and this was all part of yesterday. So my book tour was going to look like this. I was going to, I'm headed to New York, do a couple days of media. It's really intense. These are, you know, these will be packed Mm -hmm. days. And then I'll do my book launch party, hopefully to a sold out crowd, about a thousand people, give it all I've got. The next morning I was going to fly to Toronto do a gig in Toronto that night, and then the next morning go to Seattle, spend the day sleeping and and get a facial and then do another gig. And we decided to pull out of Toronto for for a couple reasons. It just, it wasn't flowing, wasn't easy. And we're just like, you know what? I'll do Toronto another time, bag it. And then we, we, as in myself and and my team, we immediately went into, what are we going to replace it with? And I was like, well, you know, I can catch a quick plane to Chicago or why don't I do Portland? Because that'll be really close to Seattle. And I was so feeling heavy and all of that. And, and, you know, Vic, I've got, I've got, I've got a right hand and a left hand and Vic, Vic was like, Hey, I'll find, I'll talk to Chicago. And I was like, yep, yeah, do it. And it didn't take me too long. It was about an hour and a half. And I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to add another city on because I could feel that if I didn't do the city, oh my God, I felt so expansive. I felt so excited about my New York gig. I was like, oh, I'm going to memorize one extra poem to do for the New York, on stage in New York for the live stream. And then I'll be really happy if I get on the Today Show because I'm like, ah, do I really need to do the Today Show? I got to get up like four fucking a.m. to do that, you know? <laughs> and and I and I realize these are good these problems. Are first, these are <laughs> these are good problems. Okay, that's okay. Um, we still love you, Today Show. And then I went into so I f- I felt all expansive and I felt all this creative energy, but then I went into obligation mode and I was like, you know, I should do that extra city because. I don't want to let my team down. And, you know, it chokes me up thinking about it because I'm so in love with my team. We're so such family. You know, it's like, you know, they just were like, D, your dream is our dream. And then I was like, oh, my God, I got to make good on the dream because you're working so hard to make my dreams come true. And and I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to Chicago. <laughs> I'll do and it for you. <laughs> I'll do it for you. And then I had my revelation and I was like, guys, I don't, I don't want to do another city. 
I'm tired just thinking about it. And I think we can reach our goals without me killing myself. And they're like, oh, we're so glad you said that. (laughs) (laughs) No one wanted to say it. (laughs) But this is, you know, this is a really tight example of choosing flow over the push. I mean, that's huge. And not only that, but it makes you more effective at serving, at doing what it is that you want to be doing and why you're doing it anyway. And people will feel that and, and, you know, it will resonate. Um, so the key questions that, that you ask, and I've, you know, seen you do this and it's, it's amazing how simple yet powerful they can be. I want to talk a little bit about those because first of all, there, a few weeks ago, I had, um, several conversations and things cross my path. And when the same thing keeps coming up several times, I really start to take notice. And it was just about the topic of death and not in a bad way, but in more of a good way and kind of leveraging the fact that we're all eventually going to experience this and use it as a positive force and and motivation in life and, and perspective. So I had on this sticky note, I wrote, remember death. And I put it on the fridge. My husband's out of town. And he gets back home and he goes to open the fridge and he looks at me and he said, is everything okay with you and everyone? And he didn't know what this sticky note meant. So I need to replace these sticky notes <laughs> with something else. Um, but, but some of the things that you ask, like, who are you trying to impress is one of my favorites or how do you feel? What are some of these go-to questions for you that you use on yourself even, and, you know, these simple tools where maybe instead of buying another book or watching another documentary, maybe a question is all we need to ask ourselves. I take my own medicine. I mean, the how do I want to feel drives so much. I mean, it's, it's easiest for me to be aware of that when I'm not feeling the way I want to feel. So, you know, whatever it is, I'm generally not having a good time. It's negative. I'm cranky, whatever. This is not how I want to feel. Like, I don't want to feel all, I don't want to feel taxed and tired and pressured. Okay. So I go, okay, how do I want to feel? I want to feel light and fluid and supported and supportive and lit up. Okay. So what choice is going to help me feel that way? feelings 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 are the heart of the matter that's it that's it that's it they are your global positioning system i wrote a whole book about it <laughs> and i want to say something about the who are you who do you, who are you trying to impress i actually love that question mm-hmm. and i'm sensitive about that question and how i put it out there because it's it's got this kind of negative flavor to it it's like well who are you trying to impress but if you just take the charge out of it, it's a really powerful question because we are wired for, to seek approval. And so much, I mean vastly, shockingly so much of what we do in our lives is to get approval from some external source. It could be your version of God. It could be your father. It could be your kids. It could be your church, whatever it is. So... It's a really crucial, sobering question. And, and sometimes, you know, the answer might be, I'm trying to impress my 
partner. And it might be that that's a really healthy thing because that's there's some lovingness in there. There's some self-agency in there. And then other times, obviously, you know, you're a fool <laughs> and <laughs> you need to knock it off. And trying to get everybody else's approval is killing you. Yeah, it's a great kind of litmus test of, of okay, are we on track? Something needs to shift. It's such a, like you said, sobering question. And when you talk about resonance, what exactly do you mean when you use that word? Are you kind of referring to almost like a physiological feeling of something really resonating kind of in your bones? Or how do you define resonance? Another great question. I think it's like body, mind, and soul. So I think it is physiological. You know, you, you know we all know the saying, it feels right in my bones. It hit me the right way. It re- really rang true. <laughs> like that's all physiological stuff. Your body knows before your mind does. So I think that's the most obvious and immediate indicator of resonance. And then intellectually, psychologically, you just feel like this, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you start, it's the nodding. You feel like spacious. For me, it feels visually bright, like there's this lightness on it. Yeah, you know, you know when it clicks. And then there's the heart, you know, just the, the love. It's like you feel warm, you feel connection with something. Yeah, resonance. And it's rare because there's so much shit out there. Yeah. How do we sharpen that tool or, you know, like, how do we listen to that a little closer, become more efficient with, (laughs) not that it's an efficiency tool here, I am back to like business, but I, in a way it's, it's intuition or maybe a synonym um, or cousins with intuition. How, how can we maybe stop suffocating it so much? uh, Because it's such a strategy. We don't, we hear it. We hear it. We hear it. Like the body is always sending you signals. We don't pay attention to it because we're afraid of what it, what's going to happen if we pay attention to it. Like if I really listen to the signals that my body is telling me and my mind is telling me that this is wrong, then I'm going to have to leave or I'm going to have to speak up or I'm going to have to change my behavior. We're going to have to have an uncomfortable conversation. And it's scary. The truth can be so scary, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the greatest reward. I mean, following it means you get your wellness, means your body doesn't have to give you a tumor to get your attention, means you don't have to get fired or dumped or in a car accident to like wake up. You don't need a two by four anymore to get it. You're just like, oh, Yeah, I just got it through the handshake. Yeah, that's all I need to know right there. I'm going to do, I'm going to be courageous enough to follow what I know. Yeah. I have a friend who says, um, it's not personal, it's just physics. Like if something isn't connecting (laughs) and, um, and it's, she's, she's gone on to be a really successful entrepreneur and really runs her business that way. And, and it's worked for her. I mean, it's their part, their strategy. But um, I'm always trying to practice or work out that 
that muscle of resonance. Uh, switching gears for a minute, how do you keep your mind healthy, Danielle? I meditate every day. And it's like, it's essential for me. It says, you got to eat, you got to meditate. And it's, you know, it's easy for most people to understand garbage in, garbage out. And every once in a while, you need to go on a cleanse in terms of like your body. And you need to, like our most important aspect of our beingness, I would say, you know, almost as important as the heart is the mind Mm -hmm. and (laughs) you have to tend to it. You have to, you have to, I think of meditation, some of it as just, it's rinsing. I'm just giving my mind a bath every morning. And I do that with a mantra or I do that with a visualization or I do that with light. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's the number one way for me. Amazing. I love the analogy of rinsing or just, it's essential. Right, it's a non-negotiable, and uh, same here for sure. Uh, and so, in the spirit of why not now, and these things that that you're throwing, these curveballs you're throwing at your team in the middle of a book launch for 2019, <laughs> um, is there anything that's been rolling around in the back of your mind that you've been thinking about doing, and it maybe it's time, and maybe this has nothing to do with with business. Um, and it could be small, it could be big, but anything pop into mind that may not have been on the, the roadmap, the, the plan? I think it's what I brought up about just being more in the feminine. Like, it's crazy. I'm, I'm going after something with all I've got right now, but I want to ease up. Well, why not now? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it could be, uh, you know, what a success it will be to been so strategic and committed and so honoring of of the feminine and of my wellness. Yeah, why not now? You know, it's it's amazing because just even sharing that story in this tw- this revelation or epiphany you've had in the last twenty four hours. You're giving other people that permission and, you know, people do look to you for guidance and they have for a long time and a lot of people do. And just by the fact that you're sharing this story and giving people the nod of, hey, ease up, sister, <laughs> ease up there. It's it's okay, you know? And in fact, if you do, you're probably going to be a lot better at what you do, but be a better person or whatever, you know, the end result is, but, uh, why not share that message more? So when you go to New York and do your poems, do you think you'll share part of this revelation? If it comes up, like yeah. how, how I work now is I, I, usually start with a spoken word piece mm-hmm. and then I, I preach a bit like, this is what I got to say. And then my gigs are, are improv now. So I just take questions. Like people yell at me (laughs) from the audience. They're just like open relationships. And I'm like, they never work. And then like creativity. I'm like, let's talk about that. And then we go. (laughs) And yeah, maybe. Then I need to come be in the audience. (laughs) But I'll tell you, I'm so inspired by this conversation. I think I'm, when we get off, I'm going to I think I need to do like a little video about this. I would love to see that. And oh yeah, I think it's just, this probably one of the single most 
important things that people need to hear. My very best friend um, has worked in sports and entertainment and similar to me in, in tech kind of all her life. And she quit Facebook maybe six years ago. And she asked me a year or two ago, I was reading some book and she's like, Amy Jo, do you ever just get exhausted? from that, you know? <laughs> and I just keep thinking of her. Hi, Elizabeth, even though she doesn't really listen to podcasts casts much, so she probably isn't going to hear this. But I think people are just fatigued and exhausted. And if if you were able to give them that permission, it's it's changed my day. Like, I, I'm already in a different state and thinking through readjusting, reorganizing a couple things. So thank you for sharing that story. You know, it really is powerful. Mm, thanks for asking. Absolutely. Um, a couple of rapid fire questions for you. One, the first one is what keeps you up at night? Uh, not much. Good. <laughs> yeah, not much. If I've, if I think I've hurt somebody that would keep me up at night, but yeah, I'm, I don't do a lot of what I don't want to do and I'm honest. So I, I sleep, I sleep good. Good. <laughs> That's another reason to follow your advice if you're sleeping well. Um, and books. Are you reading anything right now? I know that sometimes when people are going through their own book launch or even writing, it's you don't want to even crisscross. But anything that you're inspired by yeah. that you're reading? Yeah, I'm all, there's always something going on. Uh, slower these days, but um, I just finished reading Guru Singh's uh, first memoir called Buried Treasures. And uh, so it's Guru and then capital S-I-N-G-H. It's unbelievable. I'd put it in my top five books. So wow. Buried Treasures, I think you get it on Amazon. Uh, I'm just about to crack open Amy Steinberg's uh, book called You're Worth It. Amanda, Amanda Steinberg's book, sorry. You're Worth It, uh-huh. which I've heard is fantastic. And that's it. And then I have like 10 issues of Fast Company <laughs> on my night, nightstand table that I'm, I'm trying to get into. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, Danny Shapiro's book, uh, Hourglass, has just arrived. So I'm going to crack that open. And uh, pirates or ninjas? Who's tougher? <laughs> ninjas. Totally. Because <laughs> nin- ninjas can take you down wherever you are. And yeah, ninjas will fight for good and for pirates are just stealing shit all the time. Ninjas. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I love the backup. And the final question, what advice would you give your younger self and, and you can choose the age? Oh, I can choose the age. You choose the age for me. I'm going to say your 24 year old self. (laughs) 24. Yeah. Yeah, 24. Okay. Let me think. 24. I love that you let me choose. Yeah. Okay. So 24, I had just dropped out of, I did my last corporate job actually. I dropped out of the body shop. I moved from Toronto to Santa Fe and I was trying to figure out how to become like a legal U.S. citizen and (laughs) I was looking for a job. I would have told myself, it's going to pay off working for, working for other people will pay off. Yeah. You know what? I would say, look at this as an education. Pay attention to how much you're learning instead of being resentful. Yeah. Pay attention to how much you're learning. Yeah. That would be good advice. Basically getting paid to learn. It's a great way to flip the lens on a situation that you 
you may not love at the moment, but it's it's a good way to flip it into some momentum and encouragement. And real real quick, as you're telling the body mentioned body shock, was this this must have been before you found yourself going to the White House with crystals in your bra. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Yeah, that, was, that was before then. Um, a little yeah, bit of context you know, there, I guess. I shouldn't just uh, end that for listeners. All I can let's see if I can give a full circle so we can a snackable uh, version. Yeah, um, snackable. I was at the body shop in the days of Anita Roddick, who was a founder, and that was when social responsibility was first on the scene. And then jump cut to I'm at the my first <laughs> invite to a White House meeting, and I've tucked amethyst crystals <laughs> into my bra for protection. And they, you will all be really happy to know, my crystals were were not detected by security. Ooh. So, <laughs> because that is how powerful amethyst crystals can be. And here's here's really full circle. I no longer need to tuck crystals in my bra to feel protected. Boom. Boom. Look at that high point. <laughs> Way to wrap it up. High Thank five. You. <laughs> Thank you so much for hopping on with me and so excited for your book to be out with uh, for available to the masses. Um, I've already been able to take a quick spin and I can only say it's good. And it's, it's a playbook. So, um, so let's make sure that everybody goes out and grabs a copy. I'll, I'll definitely include all of the, the info in the show notes and links. Um, but thank you, Danielle. This has been awesome. This is so fun. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. Who am I trying to impress? I totally dig that question. And when you remove some of the potential negative connotations, it's amazing how influential that question can be in making sure that you're doing things for the right reasons. Okay, Shelfie Club. I am, of course, reading White Hot Truth right now. That's Danielle Laporte's new book. It will be out on May 16th. I'm fortunate to get a sneak peek preview of it and have a copy, and I can tell you it's worth getting. So you can pre-order if you'd like, and it will be released uh, in a couple weeks here. Also, the Why Not Now Scholarship. Quick update, the deadline is May 20th, so you have just about 10 days or so if you're listening to this when it releases. And we are excited because this is truly an opportunity of a lifetime. If you haven't heard about the scholarship, Basically, it is an opportunity to go to Brazil with myself and go to the Exosphere Academy. Tuition and travel is covered. And this is a place where you can go and learn the things you need to learn, meet the people you need to meet in order to make your why not now come to reality. So check out amyjomartin.com forward slash scholarship. Everything you need to know is there. We even recorded a quick snippet of all the details, what to expect, who should apply. And uh, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Why not, right? What do you have to lose? I want to hear what your why not now is. Please share it with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Amy Jo Martin. 
I'll send a signed copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Renegades Write the Rules, to the first 200 people who listen, rate, and leave an honest review of the podcast in iTunes. And you'll also get a free month subscription from our friends at Headspace. This is only available to Why Not Now listeners. Once you've left a rating and review on iTunes, just email your iTunes handle name and your mailing address to whynotnow at amyjomartin.com and we'll get your package in the mail to you. For detailed show notes, head to amyjomartin.com forward slash whynotnow. That's where you'll find links to things we discussed on the show, special offers, and how you can keep in touch with guests. Hat tip to my buddies Ash and Devin at Rock Salt Music for our tunes today. You just listened to the talented John Coggins in Let's Go and Let It Ride. And a jump high five to my talented husband, Richard Gruer, for producing the show and being patient with me. See you next time. Until then, why not now?